I'm John Torek. And I'm Danny Sullivan. And you're listening to Speaking of Design. Bringing you the stories of the engineers and architects who are transforming the world one project at a time. Today, we'll talk to Anthony Kane and Melissa Pennycat from the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure. We'll discuss how sustainability benefits the bottom line, the growing importance of resiliency to combat extreme weather, and some of the most innovative infrastructure designs they've seen through ISI's Envision Verification Program. There is a perception that sustainable infrastructure is more expensive. That's Anthony Kane acting president and CEO of the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure. And I even combat internally within the, you know, the community that promotes sustainability. Sometimes they say, well, yes, it does cost more upfront, but it has long-term payback. And that's true in certain cases. However, I would still argue the premise that sustainable infrastructure is more expensive from the beginning. I don't think that's true. I think where that perception has come from is our tendency to design a conventional project pretty much in its entirety and then to add sustainability features onto it. And when you take that approach, yes, it's always going to cost more because you're just adding things onto the project you've already designed. Anthony likens it to the way the Americans with Disabilities Act was perceived when it was released in 1990. We were just designing a regular building like we always would, and then we were trying to think, okay, now how do we add ramps and elevators and handrails and things like that onto it. And there was a perception in the industry that it would cost more. The cost of buildings would increase because we were having to do all of these accessibility features. Nowadays, that would be absurd. You know, we don't think of accessibility as costing more in buildings because we just design them from the beginning to be accessible. And it's not that hard. So I think the same thing is happening with sustainability. We're just a little bit earlier in the process. ISI formed in 2011, and the following year rolled out Envision, its new rating system for sustainable infrastructure. Envision brought together partners from ACEC, ASCE, APWA, and Harvard's Zofnis Program for Sustainable Infrastructure, with a common framework to implement and measure sustainability on infrastructure projects. As more people have become familiar with Envision, its impact has steadily grown within the engineering industry. Last year, 2018, was a real milestone year in, in the history of Envision and the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure. That's Melissa Pennycad, who was promoted to Acting Managing Director of ISI earlier this year. For instance, we completed our 50th project verification in 2018, as well as our 60th, we saw an unprecedented number of new projects register to pursue verification. Early in her business career, Melissa's role focused on restructuring organizations to improve efficiency. She soon realized that that could apply to more than a company's finances. So in my time as a management consultant, I ended up with a couple of clients that had a pretty profound impact on me. Rather than asking me to focus exclusively on corporate efficiencies or financial bottom line, they redefined 
what a successful outcome looked like by asking me to also make sure that I included social and environmental metrics into the equation. That led to a position with the Building Owners and Managers Association of Canada, or BOMA, where she was involved with the BOMA Best Environmental Assessment and Certification Program for existing buildings. After stops as a sustainability consultant that familiarized her with the fledgling Envision program, Melissa joined ISI in 2016. At ISI, Melissa leads the Envision verification program and also helps the organization build partnerships throughout the industry. In case you aren't familiar with Envision, Melissa explained how the program measures the sustainability of infrastructure projects. The Envision Sustainable Infrastructure Framework is a collection of 64 sustainability and resilience indicators that we call credits that are organized into different categories such as quality of life, leadership, resource allocation, natural world, and climate and resilience. So collectively, these credits are the foundation of what constitutes sustainability in infrastructure. In theory, every project owner wants to be sustainable, and Envision offers an independent review to help show how they're doing. Melissa and Anthony said thinking about Envision influences the project and also helps provide accountability to stakeholders. Envision is, is also a mechanism through which owners of infrastructure projects can save money over time through improved project performance and efficiencies. And pursuing third-party verification is a great way to lend credibility to the project and help increase public confidence in the end result. I think, again, so much of what we do in infrastructure is about demonstrating to the public good stewardship and good service, that having a third-party objective review of a project provides its value in that sense. To be able to go to the public and say, hey, this is a very good project that we've done for you, and it's not just us saying that we did a good job. Here's this other independent organization saying it's been reviewed and also received good marks in terms of sustainability. Because Envision verification requires documentation, such as the percentage of recycled content in your materials, it really helps to be thinking about Envision from the onset of your project. Melissa said that mindset also helps to use the framework as a tool when you're engaging the public. I know many teams use Envision and design charrettes. They use Envision to help plan and design stakeholder engagement programs. They use Envision to identify or confirm stakeholder priorities. I would say this is very important to do as early on as possible, as it can really set a project team up for success. It's, it's like the, the earlier they understand the Envision requirements, and the earlier they are able to identify which credits they, they are targeting, the better the team will set themselves up for success, particularly if they're going to go forward with verification. A group of verifiers from across the industry have been trained by ISI to review projects submitted for verification. They are a diverse group of professionals. So, for example... I've got a number of, of professional engineers and planners that I work with, climate scientists, architects, stormwater experts, and, and a whole range of other sustainability professionals with both general and, and specific areas of expertise. 
When submittals arrive, Melissa decides which verifiers will be assigned. So the verifier selection process is not a perfect science, so to speak, but I do select verifiers based on a number of criteria, including their professional background and experience with the project type being submitted for verification. Also, knowledge of local laws and regulations can be a factor as well when I'm selecting verifiers. From there, reviewers have a rigorous job to review documentation to determine the level of achievement that the project earns for each credit. The entire verification process typically takes three months. So usually a verifier requires 1.5 to two months approximately to complete their first review of the project submission in another month to like a month and a half to complete their second review of the project. So it is iterative because in between those reviews, project teams are able to respond to verifier comments and provide additional documentation for the verifier to review a second time. Melissa and Anthony stress the importance of making sure a submission addresses the evaluation criteria, backs up statements with documentation, and is well organized and well laid out to communicate clearly with reviewers. Sometimes it's the submission as opposed to the project that prevents a team from achieving the level of award they're aiming for. We always try to clarify that the verifier isn't saying, you didn't do this. All the verifier is saying is that we can't see it. We can't document it. We can't prove it on our side. Because I think project teams are often frustrated that they've done a wonderful job. You know, they have done all of these things. They just can't pull together the documentation in a coherent way or or a sufficient way to communicate that to the verifier. As part of a milestone year in 2018, ISI rolled out updates to the system known as Envision version 3. So through all of this experience, we thought, you know what, it's really time to start raising the bar for sustainability. We learned, you know, which credits were working really well for projects, which credits were particularly challenging for project teams to achieve. We learned that, for instance, some credits, the requirements were, quite frankly, a little bit too easy to achieve. So Envision version 3 was really an opportunity for us to learn from all of our experience working with the framework, seeing projects go through third-party verification, and raise the bar for sustainability in a meaningful way based on more than five years of experience applying it on projects. With the increase in extreme weather since Envision was introduced, one of the biggest changes with version 3 relates to resiliency. Obviously in 2012 with Superstorm Sandy and then all of the subsequent natural disasters, our understanding and the importance that we place on resilience has completely changed, I think, in the last, uh, say, five or seven years. And now, or at least when we started version 3, the feedback we were receiving was that our resilience section was not advanced enough. So we went from being kind of too far forward, ahead of the curve, to being behind the curve. Emphasizing the importance of resilience will also help project teams consider it earlier in design. Using Envision can help project teams deliver long-term project viability through increased resilience and preparedness, for example, in the face of climate change, so making sure that projects are able to withstand significant disruptions in the operating environment. Another change in version 3 is a greater emphasis on the contractor's role in sustainability. 
We also expanded the system as a whole to better encompass the construction phase. So when Envision was first created, we, I think, rightly identified that design and planning is, is the low-hanging fruit of where we can make the most impact uh, with the least effort. But always the goal has been how does sustainability permeate every phase of a project's life. And so I think this was uh, an important step to more comprehensively address construction. Just like with design, sustainability becomes easier on the construction side when it's incorporated from the beginning and incentivized. The contractors that we work with and who participated in Envision version 3, they're excited about sustainability and they're very focused on how do we build it into the contracts themselves to require them to do certain things. So again, it's just a different perspective. They want to make sure that this is embedded in in how they are procured and, and what they do. Version 3 also continues to look at the holistic impact of the project on the community. We've also introduced credits on other important topics such as advancing equity and social justice. It was tangentially referred to certainly in Envision Version 2, but it's now a much more explicit requirement. With 67 Envision Verified projects accounting, Melissa and Anthony get to see some pretty impressive infrastructure of all types. Envision is unique in that it is broadly applicable to all types and sizes of, of infrastructure. So, for example, we see a lot of airports, bridges, road projects, dams, parks, wastewater treatment facilities, wind farms, solar parks, etc. We see a pretty broad range of project types and sizes use Envision and ultimately pursue third-party verification with us. Although Anthony resisted naming any favorite projects in his time at ISI, he recalled some great examples of innovative infrastructure. So in Alexandria, Virginia, we had a wastewater treatment facility that also had a regulation soccer field on top of their storage tanks, and they're located in the middle of the city. So here was this, first of all, a wastewater treatment facility in the middle of a city that the residents actually love, and they go to the wastewater treatment facility, and they use it as a park, and they play sports on it. And, I mean, just creative solutions like that are, are really exciting. And some of the interesting work involves turning waste into an asset. There was a biofuel facility in Canada, so taking uh, solid waste and organic waste, turning it into essentially a natural gas, using that to power their waste collection fleet, and then at the same time kind of making compost and other organic waste solutions. Uh, really kind of a circular economy solution to dealing with solid waste. That was really cool. We've even featured a couple Envision Verified projects on this podcast, including Kansas City's new downtown streetcar and a project Anthony mentioned among his examples. Another great example is the Atlanta Fourth Ward, historic Fourth Ward project, where they provided this beautiful park, but it's also providing some stormwater services and functional services. But I think if you were to ask the community, what is it? They would say it's a park. So I think there's an aspect of that as well that we need to help kind of reach out to the community and let them know that infrastructure, first of all, is an inherent part of their life that they've probably overlooked for a long time. And that also infrastructure can be beautiful, can be an amenity, can be something that they enjoy. It's not just sort of this technical thing that we want to shove to the side and forget about. With all the exciting things happening in the world of sustainability, Anthony said he thinks people are beginning to recognize the value to integrating it into every project. The key, I think, is to rethink the problem from the very beginning and to determine 
what is the sustainable solution and how do we get there in a more efficient way? When you really think about sustainability in terms of social, environmental, and economic sustainability and resilience, that it has to be a less expensive choice. I mean, that's inherent in the concept of sustainability. And Anthony believes that change in thinking will have a significant impact on the future of infrastructure. But as we redefine a new process of how we design, I think it'll just be ingrained in what we do. And 20 years from now, we won't be having this conversation about sustainability costing more. We'll just say, oh, well, of course, we just designed it sustainable from the beginning. For more information on this podcast, visit hdrinc.com slash speakingofdesign. If anyone listening to the podcast is looking for more information on Envision, I would strongly encourage visiting the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure's website, ISI, as they go by. Their website is sustainableinfrastructure.org. There's a lot more information, and you can actually download the actual rating system on ISI's website. You could also certainly visit hdrinc.com. That's HDR inc.com. We have quite a bit of information on Envision and sustainability there. There's also a general form to submit questions that would get to our sustainability team. We're happy to answer questions about Envision or sustainable infrastructure. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate us or leave feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.